Welcome to another episode of Coach Pep Talk, the podcast for people who run their own coaching businesses. Each week, I talk to an expert who shares wisdom that helps us be better coaches and better coaching business owners. This week, I've got Tracy Minitolo on the line, and she's talking to us all about starting a coaching business as a side hustle business and how to test product ideas before you launch them. So I'll catch you on the other side. Coach Pep Talk is proudly brought to you by Life Coach Office. Gain ultimate freedom and flexibility in your coaching business with Life Coach Office, the online coaching software specifically designed for the single coach coaching business. You can use the software to manage your client files and coaching resources all in one place online. And it's all under one umbrella with an easy to use technology. If you'd like to give Life Coach Office a try, you can do that for seven days. No credit card required, just an email address. Check out www.universalcoachingsystems.co. Today I've got Tracy Minitolo on the line, who is a longtime side hustler and a side hustle evangelist. She firmly believes that there is a business inside of everyone if they want it. She's made it her mission to help people start side hustle businesses, which I think is an awesome niche. Today, she's going to be talking to us about the trend of side hustling today, who's it for, who's it not for, and then we're going to move into how to validate your first product idea and your side hustle concept. So let's hear what Tracy has to say. Hello, Tracy, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here. It's awesome to have you on the show. I'm already loving your energy and can't wait to hear what you've got to say. So as the queen of helping people start a side hustle, can you just set the stage for us and tell us what a side hustle actually is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the broadest sense of the term, a side hustle is in really, in my mind anyway, it's really just anything that you do outside of a, a main gig, which could be a full-time job, or it could be your main business, and maybe you have a side project. So it's like anything that you would do on the side. And can you give us a couple of examples, either in your life or in um, people you've worked with in the past? Sure. So, I mean, even if, you know, you, you want to consider things like side uh, jobs, so part-time jobs and things like that, like I've had some interesting part-time jobs in my life. I've worked in bookstores, I've delivered pizza, all sorts of things like that. Um, but I primarily specialize in helping people start service-based businesses. So, and for example, my first side business was a virtual assistant business helping podcasters. So I did show notes. Um, I did a lot of the behind the scenes work, um, guest interactions and a lot of research on the guests and social media, all kinds of things like that. Let's see. And I, I just thought it was interesting when we were talking before the show, you said that you currently have a full-time job and a side hustle business. Can you just tell everybody what your, your full-time job is? Sure. So I uh, was probably one of the rare folks who actually went to school for something and then almost immediately got a job in my field. So I was lucky. Um, I graduated at a good time in the economy, but I am a microbiologist and I, right now I'm working in a quality control lab and basically, you know, for a company that does diagnostic kits. So yeah, and it, it sounds maybe dry, but it really isn't. And actually, the cool thing about it, I think the part that I'm starting to love more as years go by is really the leadership aspects and the um, mm. like working to help 
develop um, my my team, develop my my direct reports, working with them, finding out where they want to go in their careers, and helping to get them the opportunities they need to make progress in their careers. So it's it is it's an element of it's a form of coaching, really. Uh huh. Uh, that's really cool. I know when I first started my coaching business back in 2006, um, I was uh, in, in IT and I definitely, yeah, had a full time IT job and started my coaching business as a side hustle at first. I eventually, nice. yeah, talked my, my bosses into, you know, first letting me have four days a week on, at, at, the, at the job so I could want coach one day and then it was two and then eventually I, I could make the transition fully. So I'm a big believer cool. in, in starting this way and having that sort of that, that plan, that plan B. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's really awesome that you were able to get that flexibility with your employer. It's amazing what employers can do. Like if you just ask, I'm, I'm always just amazed. Um, but a lot of people just actually just don't think it's possible and they never ask. But yeah. yeah. And, and what I found with myself was I actually ended up being a lot more productive on the days when I was at work, um, I guess, because I was being fulfilled in, in so many levels. And I really wanted to, you know, to be able to have my coaching day. So I was, you know, it, I think it improved my, um, my work ethic. Um, oh, it's great. already high, but you know, it got even better and I was more efficient. Okay, let's move on. So I'm really curious about side hustling as a trend. It's, it's a word that I've started to see a lot more in the media. And I was just wondering, Tracy, is, is, this, is side hustling a growing trend? Is, is it related to any sort of generation? Or what, what, what's your view on that? So it's interesting. Um, from a lot of what I read, it, you would think, and most people are reading, you would think that side hustling is kind of a millennial thing. Um, I think that there are probably pretty specific reasons for that, uh, just the way the economy has been in the past several years, and also just a function of you know millennials coming up with you know more of a, a different spirit towards work, and I think they just have a different view on work, what work should be and what it could be. Um, but I will say, <laughs> not being I'm not a millennial, so I'm a Gen Xer, and yeah, me too. <laughs> I've been at it for uh, side hustling for a while, and what I'm seeing more recently, like now that I've been in this coaching space, is uh, folks that are uh, closer to retirement age now are wanting to kind of do this like second career. They're exploring mm -hmm. different possibilities and they are like, I actually, I spoke to somebody yesterday who's in her fifties and she wants to start a business doing animated shorts, um, actually excerpts from podcasts. So she would take the kind of the takeaways, the main takeaways from a podcast and animate it and create this whole little, little thing that you can put on YouTube and just so awesome. And I'm what just, a cool I, niche. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And I'm blown away just by, you know, the, the ideas that folks have. And it's, so it's not really, I, I don't think that it's definitely, it's not exclusive to any one generation. So do you think that side hustling is a good way for a new coach to start out as uh, in their coaching business? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, obviously I'm biased because that's what I'm doing, but I think it depends on your personality. It depends on what you want out of all of this, because there are some frustrations that come along with doing this on the side. And I think the big one for me is just kind of watching my peers zoom along and, and seemingly making progress faster than I am. But that's because I'm putting 15 hours a week in. I'm not doing this full time. So that's one drawback. But obviously, the benefits for me, you know, kind of far outweigh that one, I'm able to, you know, get fulfilled through my day job, as well as through coaching, because I, you know, I really enjoy what I do during the day. Two, obviously, I can, you know, I can have my health insurance. And that's nice. And I have a steady paycheck. So you can't really argue with that. So <clears throat> it's kind of neat to have that as kind of a, the way I look at it is it's like a foundation having a steady day job can be like a foundation and then you can send feelers out and explore with your side hustle. 
Yeah, I think that's really cool. And I love how you, you sort of um, made that point that you might like your coaching business might grow a little bit slower because I know like as coaches and myself included, we can be incredibly impressionable and want to keep up with, you know, what we're seeing all these, these gurus and our peers doing in the coaching industry. Um, but we're on our, our own journey and our own path. And as long as like you might, you said you're growing slower, but you're loving your day job too. So it's a choice that you've made and you've really taken responsibility for that progress. And I really love that. So you're coming from a place of real empowerment. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, I'm in this for the long haul. So my, my number one priority is really just to develop as a coach and really to become the, the best coach I can be. So yeah. however long that takes, you know, it's okay. It's, it fine. really is okay. And you're going to enjoy the process and you're going to have your security and all those other things that are important to you um, on your journey with you, which is really cool. Right. And be able to, you know, have the, the choice and, you know, have the options in the future, whether or not I'd like to go full time with it. That's good. Tracy, I'm so happy that you just said that to everybody who's listening, because I think that there are probably some coaches who really needed to hear that message. Okay. I'm glad. Um, yeah, me too. That was um, really great. When we were, when we were talking about, you know, what could, what could we, what could we uh, set for the, the topic of this show? You said that something that was actually really important as a part of the process of you working with people and teaching them how to start a side hustle was actually to, to hone in on their idea, hone in on a niche, whatever you want to call it. And then, but, but then actually to validate that idea before you get too far along the process. Um, I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit why you feel that this step is so important to do up front. Depending on how much effort or time or money you're going to invest in something you're developing, I think that should be, that should directly correspond to how much time and effort you put into validating the idea. So when coaches are first getting started and they don't really have a clear, uh, well-formed offer yet, they don't have a lot of experience and they don't have testimonials, then I say, don't validate, get out there and just, you know, kind of get your feet wet, figure it out on the, you know, basically on the job, learn as you go and develop things. But I think as, as your business starts to develop and you want to start thinking about things like maybe group programs or, you know, structuring your packages in a new way, or, you know, even doing something like an info product down the line, then you absolutely want to validate. And it is really, really important. Just, just because you want to make sure that when you go to release something that you're not, you're not launching to crickets. I just want to, I just want to make sure that I've, uh, I've heard I've heard everything correctly. So you suggest that when somebody's actually starting to not waste too much time on validating their idea or honing too much on in on a niche, it's just actually just to start, get out there and start, start coaching. Yeah. Get out there and just start helping people. But this would be for somebody who's a brand new coach, somebody who's really just making the, mm -hmm. taking the leap and just starting out and really just to get that experience and to get, you know, develop a framework for your, your programs and that sort of thing validation really comes into play once you once you actually have some experience under your belt you have an idea about where you're heading and then uh, and you and then you want to validate that idea that's based based on this coaching experience that you've harnessed that's right because through working with clients you're going to discover that there are certain things that you enjoy more than other things certain aspects certain types of people that you prefer to work with and certain areas that are more exciting for you and then you know some things will start to take shape for you and then you will be in that space you know and you don't need to spend that much time you know <laughs> in the other space where it's kind of just taking shape things will naturally take shape so mm -hmm. you'll be there before you before you know it yeah, and then that's an interesting thing because um, you, you do just kind of have to just just trust that just by being out there and and 
getting some experience under your belt that actually something will form. It just, it, it happens. You have to just kind of trust that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. People want the answers right now sometimes. And I, uh, <laughs> I know, but you got to go with the flow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it takes some people longer than others. It took me forever to find my niche. My goodness. And one rule of thumb that I have been saying for a while in my coaching business is, um, that for coaches that are just starting out, that a good rule of thumb is kind of that 200 hours of coaching experience, Mark. Would you agree, disagree, have, a, have something else to suggest from that marker? I think that's amazing. That's, that's awesome. And that's definitely something everybody should strive for. I think for me, you know, just being a side hustler, that, that's going to take a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a little bit tougher. But, um, you know, that's one of the things that, like, I, I definitely strive for, even if it's not... Um, formal coaching is just to have a lot of conversations where I'm learning about my target market and I'm just taking all that information and soaking it up like a sponge. When I, when I was starting, I know, because I knew I had this 200 hour mark, like I wasn't going to be a good coach or understand enough until I had 200 hours. So Mm -hmm. like I would just go out and I would book, you know, six free people for six sessions if I could (laughs) just to get those hours. Some people disagree with that approach, but I think that sometimes you just need to to go through the motions and, and figure out what you like and what you don't like. I did so many timeline interventions and values things that I was like, okay, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I'm <laughs> sick of it. So it was actually really valuable, even though I didn't make a whole lot of money when I was starting. But okay. you learned a lot. I yeah. learned so much and it actually heavily influenced the way I, I, I into, of course, integrated that kind of thinking and learning into my coaching programs down the track. I just didn't, you know, do it in the t- traditional timeline, but I definitely use those tools in my coaching. So it was awesome. Um, I'm so grateful that I just got out there and, and did it and, um, yeah, and just sucked it up and, you know, felt like I'm not doing it right. Everybody's better than me, but, <laughs> but it paid off in the end. It, it came around. I think everybody feels that way. So, yeah, I think they do too. And so it's kind of important to, to talk about it. If you're out there and you're listening and you're feeling like I'm not moving fast enough or am I doing this right? It's okay. Mm-hmm. You're on your own journey and you'll get there in the time that you need to get there. That's right. I'm a huge believer in that. So let's say you've, um, we've got a coach and they've, they've, they've gone out there, they've got their 200 hours under their belt, you know, they've, or they've got some experience, they've got an, Ill, an inkling of now where they want to go. They've got a really good idea that they're starting to feel pretty solid about. Just, just sort of set the stage here. Would this be like, what kind of level are we talking like? They might have narrowed down, okay, I think I want to be a career coach, or is it even more specific than that? So you definitely, in order to really start the validation process, you need to know who you're targeting with your service. And you need to know pretty much, you know, at least in the broad sense, you know, what type of service you're going to offer. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm obviously a very specific example where I work with people on service-based side businesses. So that's kind of a, a specific thing. But I think, you know, if you are thinking you want to go uh, the career route, you want to help people with their careers, Think about what stage of career you want to work with people at. Think about, you know, maybe a particular industry that's interesting to you. Um, you know, think about a particular aspect about it. Is it something along the lines of helping people interview? Are you an interview coach? You kind of want to think about it in those terms. And it's like, where is your sort of your sweet spot? Mm-hmm. And what do you enjoy? So you do need to narrow down to a degree. Okay. So let's say they've, they've narrowed down, they've got their ideal uh, client narrowed down. They've got a, a, a 
you know, they've taken, they've taken it from career coaching to saying, yeah, I want to help people in the interview process, for example. Um, is that, are they ready to start the validation process then, or do they need to do anything else first? Um, I would say yes, but I almost would say maybe go a little bit further and say I want to help maybe new college grads with the interview process uh, or I want to help people in mid-level, you know, in their career, you know, go for a particular type of, of uh, position. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, you're getting closer. So I think, you know, as long as you can get at least to that point and you can start to think about people in your head, um, that's kind of a key point is that you could actually connect what you're you're looking for the person you're looking to target you can actually make the connection to somebody in real life that you actually know okay we'll need to talk to people yeah okay and so that person that you're visualizing in your head is that somebody that you may have coached in the past is it a friend does it matter um it could be either it's just okay. anybody that you could have a conversation with it could be a friend of a friend um you might want to reach out within your network and say hey i'm i'm thinking of offering this service do you know anybody that might be able to benefit from this Okay, so here we are. We, we know a specific type of person that we want to help. We can even visualize that person because we know, we know them or a few of them in our, in our circle. And we've honed in on an industry that we want to focus in on, um, like career coaching, for example, and a specific topic like interview coaching for, so let's say, the who is the college grad. And, you know, I know Emily, who's the college grad. Um, are we ready now to validate that idea? <laughs> Do we need anything else? <laughs> yeah, you're ready. Now, We're ready. now okay. yes. Okay. So now you want to get out there and you want to just start setting up conversations with as many of these folks as you can find. Um, it's best to do this um, either in person or over something like Skype. But if you are not able to, you know, the phone is, is fine as well. And so is email. I mean, as a, a last resort to try to get that information. Um, mm -hmm. And you can also create a survey to get a bunch more data points. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> for yourself. But the key is really just to get out there and kind of get the information directly from the folks that you want to help and in their own words, really have them get them talking. So these conversations are not um, pitching conversations. You're not really on there trying to close. They're not really technically like a discovery call. This is really just information gathering. So what I recommend is something like a 20 to 30 minute conversation. It doesn't have to be much more than that. And what you can do, or what I have been doing is if somebody uh, is willing to chat, I'll send them a short survey in advance so I can get all the particulars, you know, on what their side business journey has been like up to this point. And that way, when I get on the call, I can really just sit back, ask them a few more questions and just say, you know, tell me a little bit more about this. And then I'm just listening and um, I'm not typically taking notes. I will, um, ask for permission, but I do record the conversations so that I can go back later and um, pull out pieces of, you know, the conversation of what was said and I can use that. Uh, it's really, really awesome to be able to use that in, in sales copy or in posts mm -hmm. or something, you know, to put out. But also it just allows me to be really present in the moment and in the conversation and really trying to like connect with the person. Probably a couple of people might be thinking, ah, oh, okay, so I don't know that many people that actually fit this you know, my, my ideal person, my ideal client, what do they, how, how can they, how can they find them if they don't know heaps? You know, you know more of these people than you think you do. That's one. Okay. Um, so the first thing is, you know, and I know some people are maybe shy about this, but you know, you have to, you kind of have to get over it. You have to tell your friends and family what you're up to, let them know what you're offering, 
put something on your Facebook page and don't put it up once, put it up a few times. I know once you get some folks on the phone or you have a conversation, ask them if they know anybody else. That's a great way to find more people to talk to. And then, you know, if you want to go the, the survey route, like I do spend some time in Facebook groups. So, um, in, you know, in groups too, where I know the admins. So I'll usually say, and you want to ask permission first, generally in most of the groups. Um, so, you know, I, I'm wondering if I could put up this survey. I'm looking to do a little bit of, you know, the research on this thing that I'm developing. And, you know, it, it kind of depends on the group, but usually you can get that going or somebody, you can get a friend to share the survey for you or a friend to ask on their Facebook page for you. Um, and that usually kind of gets the ball rolling. It's, it's pretty neat. And then, you know, another thing I've been doing recently too, is if you have something like your own Facebook group or an email list is when somebody new joins, reach out, see what's up, see what's going on and really mm -hmm. just try and connect. And then usually, you know, they, they signed up for your list or they joined your group for a reason. And so if, if it's right, if it feels like it is an appropriate time to ask, just say, Hey, you know, I would love to chat with you for 30 minutes. Would you mind, you know, would, does that sound good? And these are really informal things. And it's really very much about helping them in that moment, you know, with maybe giving them some nugget to take away that'll help, you know, with what they're working on. But at the same time, you know, it's valuable for you because you're, you're getting firsthand, you know, like what, what's going on with them. And you're getting to understand more and more and more about this quote unquote problem that you can mm -hmm. help with. Do you recommend any specific survey tools? I really love Typeform. That's Typeform. the one that I use. But let's just get a feel for the, the, the high-level overview to validate your business idea. You're going to set up these conversations. Um, how many steps are we looking at in this whole process before I start getting too much into the weeds <laughs> about oh, yeah. survey questions? And uh, what are we looking sure. at? Step one is to identify who you need to talk to. Two is to set up the calls. Three would be kind of in like execution mode. So now you're, you're talking to everybody that you can. Um, but I would put a deadline on it. You don't want to, you know, do this forever, you know, for one particular project or uh, package or something you're developing. You want to, you know, you want to kind of put it, make it time bound, right? So you do that and maybe it's 10 people you talk to. That's great. That's fabulous. And, um, and, and then 10, after that. Is 10 a good number or do, do they need 100? Do they need to get five? Okay. <laughs> A hundred is better, but 10 will do it. You know, okay. if 10, 10 people, if they really fit your target market, you'll get some great information. Okay. Um, but basically, you know, again, like this, this is just information gathering. And so you're going to take this back and you're not going into these conversations telling this person like, Hey, I'm developing this package. It's going to be this many sessions. It's going to cost this much. What do you think? You don't, mm -hmm. don't go in like that. You want to go in and just say, hey, you know, like, tell me a little bit about this and, you know, where are you getting stuck? Uh, what solutions have you tried for this before? What's, what did work? What hasn't worked? What other types of solutions are you looking into? Have you paid for coaching before? Just try to get a sense, you know, for their background and what and where they're at. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but you don't want to steer the conversation in terms of any particular type of offer. You want to let mm -hmm. them kind of just tell you. Yeah, I hope everybody was taking notes on the, those great questions you just listed. <laughs> so the survey that you send out before, is that more focused on demographic kind of information? Like, are you male or female? How old are you? Where do you live? And then the, the interview is those kind of questions that you just listed? Or, or is it a mix? I think it could be a mix. Um, I think and I'm experimenting with different things all the time. But what really worked well for me on my last round of validation was uh, something that was 
took less than five minutes for somebody to fill out, but it was like, you know, your name. And this one, this particular offering was for somebody who already had a side business. So I just say, what's your business? You know, what's the website and your social media handles? Uh, you know, what, where are you getting, where are you stuck? Um, you know, that sort of thing, very general, but mm -hmm. I got some great information on that. And then I had at the end, I said, you know, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to follow up and, you know, chat with you about some of your answers. If that's okay, could you leave your email address? And mm. boom, there you go. Okay. And what was the response rate of the people who filled it out? How many actually said, yeah, sure. I mean, let's talk. Uh, at least half. At least that's awesome. Wow. Well done. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's go back to our steps. So we've, we've got to step three. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a, a feel for after we're in execution mode, then what, what comes next? For this with this whole complete validation process that we're doing here so you want to capture your uh all the information in something like a spreadsheet if you're geeky like me you know something like that but you want to make sure you're you're capturing all the good nuggets that you're getting back you know in some way that you can um take a look at you know and see any trends especially when it comes to like pricing or the length of the session or the amount of follow-up in my particular case i was validating um uh, package that's I'm calling the side hustle boost and it basically it's a one deep dive session followed up uh, with 90 days of support so I wanted to know and that came from from these conversations because mm -hmm. at first it was just going to be this one-off session because I know a lot of coaches will do something like that um, I've actually done one of those with with a coach but I kept hearing over and over again yeah that's great but I need like more support to make sure that these things stick so you're taking all this information down and you're starting to see, you know, uh, some common threads and you can start to piece together what the offer should look like. So that's what you're doing in the next step is really just refining the offer and you're getting it ready to release in sort of like a beta, you know, you want to get something out there. So step four is to capture the info and look for trends. And then is it step five where you're actually putting together your offer based on the information you've gained or is that still a part of step four? No, that could be step five. Is there anything else you want to say about that, that offer step before we talk about how to put it into beta? No, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, and it doesn't have to be perfect. I think that's the thing to remember mm -hmm. here, too. Just, just, <laughs> really important. So many people yeah. procrastinate because <laughs> yep. oh, it's not ready. It's not ready. Okay. Exactly. You just mm -hmm. want to give it the best possible chance of having success, <laughs> the best okay. possible you can, you know, yeah. but still keep moving forward. Keep that momentum right. going. Yeah. If you notice that you're, you're stalling, then you're procrastinating. <laughs> Get right. That's why I say it should be time bound. So it should be like X number of conversations in X time period. Fine. And I'm going to launch this thing. Cool. Okay. So once we're ready, we've got, we've come up with our amazing offer that's based on all of this fabulous information we've gathered from our ideal clients. How do you go about um, doing the, the, the beta, launching the beta offer? What's important about that step? The really cool thing um, is that chances are a lot of the folks that you talk to in these interviews have a little bit of an interest mm -hmm. <laughs> in what you're developing. So, um, and I actually had, let's see, maybe 40% of them tell me, hey, when you've got this thing, you know, together, when you've got this offer settled, like, come back and give me the details. So what mm -hmm. I did was I circled back with them and I just gave them a discount. I said, hey, for being so nice, you know, as to, to talk to me, you can, you know, this is what I'm doing. So that worked out pretty well too. So not, not everybody took it, but about half of those folks took it. So it, wow. okay. yeah, it's pretty neat. So you're kind of sowing these seeds or planting these seeds, you know, as you go. From a coaching perspective, you, you, you have planted these seeds and then you have some buyers 
you know, straight away on your, uh, even on your beta offer. <laughs> so yeah. for your, your confidence and your ability to continue on, you know, in, in following your passion, you've set a really good foundation for yourself and really set yourself up for success. Anything else um, important that you'd like to, to point out about that, that beta phase? Yeah, it's just really getting it out there. And, and, you know, I'm pretty new at the whole, you know, like developing uh, marketing funnels thing. So I'm still kind of figuring that out. So I have some new lead magnets I'm, I'm developing that kind of end up in this packet, like taking people to this package. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, a lot of people will, you know, if they have Facebook groups, it's a great place to promote your, your new package or your, obviously your email list. Um, and yeah, that sort of thing. Just get the word out and ask other people too. You know, if you know anybody that would be a good fit for this, have them come talk to me. Okay. So is that the end-to-end -end validation process or are there any other steps? That is it as, as for right now. Yes. Um, I actually, if we get, let me see. Yeah, I think we will touch upon this, but I think um, that is for a specific package or product. Um, but I think a coach would benefit really most people in business would benefit from regular conversations with, with their target market anyhow. So, but we can, we can go further into that if you like. Do you, do you find that something that actually people do very often? Do they skip that step? Yeah, I, th I think that, you know, it's probably really tempting to get away from it. You know, the further, you know, the bigger your business gets and the, you know, kind of the further away you get from those day-to-day -day interactions with people. So I like from my own experience, yeah, I mean, I can say from experience that I, ha I have seen that. So you know, and, and for me, I, I don't plan to grow my business to the level where it would reach that point because I like, I like keeping this small and I like being involved, you know, on the day-to-day -day and having those conversations. But I think there's definitely, there's definitely a danger there. Let's, let's talk about the, that whole end-to-end -end process of validation. Do you find that um, business owners sometimes skip it and they actually just jump straight in to developing products and launching their thing without actually having ever talked to anybody? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. Short answer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because it's exciting. It's exciting. You have an idea and you just want to get it out there. And I, I totally get it. You know, I, I guess I did minimal validation on my first side business that actually kind of ended up, well, it was a, a huge learning experience for me, but it ended up being kind of the wrong business for me because I didn't do enough research and enough sort of, you know, the validation, but also there's just enough like research into it. We've talked a little bit about timing, but is there a, a, a time, I, I want to talk about timing and cost um, for the, the whole validation process, just to kind of put it into perspective, you know, with uh, the return on investment that you actually gain from it. What's sort of a reasonable time and financial investment that you need to put into this um, validation process? And, and then let's look at the return on investment. Yeah, so I think it really, it depends again on what you're trying to validate. So if it's gonna be something that you're gonna be investing quite a bit of money in to build like a, you know, a pretty high-end course or something like that, then yeah, you're probably gonna want a lot more data points. You might do, you know, surveys. But chances are you have a larger email list at that point too. You have a lot more folks that you can actually survey, poll. Um, you could use Facebook ads for that um, to bring people in. But for me, like, again, it's, it's very small. I've done this on just a very small scale. So it doesn't really cost me anything but time. Yeah, the return on investment is tremendous because I'm not, you know, I'm putting the time in and I'm having fun chatting with people <laughs> in the process. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. 
I, I love that about your the business model that you've sort of created for you. I'm a big believer in, in your coaching business should should give you more life and make you a happier, more fulfilled person first. <laughs> yeah. and, and it really seems like you're living that dream um, just beautifully. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my girlfriend can only listen to me talk about side business so much. So at the end of the day, I have to find other people to talk to about it. <laughs> That's great. And you're, you know, you're, you're <laughs> investing in having killer offers all at the same time and <laughs> getting to talk about your favorite topic. Yes. Let's say somebody's gone through the validation process. They've had some of these conversations. What if, what if they still get it wrong? Does that happen? Yeah, I can still be wrong, but I think it also depends on how you define wrong. Um, if you've gone through this validation process, your odds of getting it right are much greater. <laughs> yeah, I will say that. Um, so, you know, I, I, I guess it could, could happen where, you know, there's the famous example. I think we used college kids before. That's kind of not a great example or, or <laughs> people that are coming out, just coming out of college because there, there is truth to the whole broke college student thing. So, yeah might not be the best target market for somebody who's just getting something started and you're not really sure kind of how much disposable income there might be there. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, if you have gone through this process and you have done a good job of really listening and honing in, you know, your, your skills, your listening skills with people, then it shouldn't really be an issue. And I think new opportunities kind of present themselves too. Once you're kind of in motion doing these yeah. things, you might uncover something that you hadn't really seen when you started. Yeah, no, that's so true that just that simple act of mom momentum. I've been really stubborn in my coaching business and I've had lots of um, uh, falls as you know, in the whole, in my whole journey, you know, some really um, ones that I look back on, you know, and I almost <laughs> collapsed as a person, but um, you know, I'm just stubborn and I just keep going, but I've always got that momentum. And I think that simple act right there of just keeping going every day every week is mm -hmm. so important because you yeah you've got depending on where you're at you've got heaps to learn and you know sometimes learning is painful <laughs> i know and the only way you can keep going and keep picking yourself up is if you find uh something that you, you know is aligned with you and your purpose and really is something that you truly love yes yes and believe in yeah and i, I definitely yeah, and I feel that way about my business, and I think that's probably a big, crucial part of my um, stubborn determination. <laughs> behind. Really. I wonder if you're a freedom warrior, too. Uh, another conversation. Okay, so <laughs> let's see. We do kind of need to wrap things up now, Tracy. I think you've given some really fabulous information for people who are, you know, looking into validating that idea, and, and especially pointing out that new coaches, you know, just need to get out there and get some coaching under the belt first. If coaches, if you'd like them to take one thing away as a result of this episode, what, what would that one thing be if you could get them to take one piece of action? Sure. I would just say, uh, again, just incorporate having regular conversations with your target market into your business activities. Just make it, make it routine set a target for yourself. I'm going to have two conversations a week. You know, if you're a side hustler like me, that's more reasonable, mm -hmm. but just do it, make it a habit. Tracy, if somebody wants to learn more about you uh, and check out your work, where can they go? Sure. Uh, you can find me at tracyminutolo.com. That's T-R-A-C-E-Y-M-I-N-U-T-O-L-O.com. Um, and I actually just had a uh, time blocking uh, workshop that I did recently, and that's available on my site if folks are interested in that, because if you're a side hustler, you need to find time for your side hustle. And then also I have a Facebook group called the Side Hustlers Haven. And if you go to sidehustlershaven.com, you can go right to the Facebook group.
Excellent. And I will include all of the links uh, in the show notes of this podcast for everybody. Okay. Thank you so much, Tracy, for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. This was so much fun. Thank you. And thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode of Coach Pep Talk. Please take some time out and go and like the show on iTunes. I hope everybody has a fabulous day. Happy coaching.